Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, May 5th. The LA Galaxy getting ready for Austin FC this Sunday on Mother's Day. So an early happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Early happy Mother's Day to all the fathers who are going to have to do all the stuff on Mother's Day as well. God, Godspeed. Good luck with all that. Glad that everybody could join us. The LA Galaxy had a little surprise signing, a left back, some left back depth. We're going to talk about Chase Gasper. He talks to the media for the first time today. I'll tell you our first impressions and sort of see where we where he's at and how he'll fit into the LA Galaxy. Uh, we're also going to get you ready, obviously, for the Austin game. Chicha has a little event coming up as well. And to help me do all this, we have a wonderful man. He's back. And I'm so glad that he could join us. Last time he was with us, he was out at our live show. So as long as he remembers to unmute his microphone, uh, we would welcome back to the show, Mr. Christian Miles. Christian, how you doing, buddy? Oh, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got me. You got me. You got me. Yep, that was that was good. That was good. That joke never gets old, by the way. Hang on, I got to re- finish retweeting ourselves, oh, by yeah. the way. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's always good. You yeah. got to get the social media, like, rolling and flowing. And, you know, that's I, I hear that's what all the cool kids are doing nowadays. So Big you, on the Twitter machine. That's what all the cool kids are doing. It's fire, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Way, I'm not allowed to say way that. Way too old to say that word. You see my... You see the gray in my beard. I, I literally just landed, by the way. I just... Like, literally about 55, 60 minutes ago. And then we had to wait at their gate and, you know, whole deal. So I was in Texas and I was supposed to be on time. Uh, and I flew uh, from Texas. Not me personally, the plane. I was inside the plane. Uh, flew there. Flew from Texas. Landed in Orange County. Thank God uh, my my wonderful uh, 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 house is only like 10-minute drive from Orange County. So over here, high-five my wife on the way in. And here I am. I'm, I'm joining you lovely people. How are you doing today? I'm great, man. I'm great. Your, your beard is looking sinister and maybe a little jet lagged, buddy. But I'm glad you made it. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Lots to talk about. Big new signing. Um, huge game this weekend against, uh, you know, tops in the conference right now. It's a massive test. Uh, I think we're getting to the point of the uh, the season right now where the rubber hits the road. Yeah, it, it's starting to feel that way, right? We're almost a third of the way yeah. through the season and a third of the way you can sort of say, hey, how is this team doing? You know, how is everything? By the way, talk for a second. I have to go turn off my air conditioner. I forgot to turn off. So absolutely, you do that. Absolutely. Um, by the way, Josh, uh, we're, uh, let's see how, speaking of jet lag, how we're going to be looking after 
the, the end of the season here. If we're looking this way right now, about the beginning of May, I'm I'm excited. Um, you know, I want to talk about uh, the last weekend game against Real Salt Lake, the flat listless first half, the lack of energy. I know you and Panda were talking about, you know, since there was just a lack of creativity, um, but also defensive resilience, which is a positive sign. Um, big error from Jonathan Bond. I'm sure we can dive all into that. Um, but, uh, hey, you know, I know we're going to have to touch on that, but we want to, before we, you know, go forward, we got to take a look back. So, um you know, let's let's get the dirty stuff over with, right? Yeah, I guess I, air our dirty laundry. Yeah, I mean, you know, just general. I, I mean, I feel like we're we have to speak in generalities right now, right? Because mm. even even the game against Real Salt Lake is is a function of what the LA Galaxy have been doing in the in the games previous, right? And Greg talked today to the media, and I, I tried to pull and download all that stuff while I was sitting here at my computer scrambling to get this show up tonight. Um, and it was like, you know, going over 10 gigs, 11 gigs, 12 gigs. And I had to upload into something else. And I'm like, this isn't going to happen. So I'm basically going to be paraphrasing all the uh, the talks. And I was able to at least join the media call today from uh, the airport in Dallas. I was drinking an adult beverage at the time. So it was it was quite it was an enjoyable press conference, um, as it always is. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so it was just it was just interesting to hear his take on. He said, you know, he thinks they're playing too slow, which, by the way, yes, they are. They are. And and look at the teams that they've been playing against, too, which you and I were talking about just before we started the show, which was defense first teams, defense first teams and teams that want to make you break them down. They sit in low blocks and they're going to say, go ahead, try to break us apart. You know, the whole deal. Now, RSL, a little bit of a different animal because they do like to get out in the, in transition. They do like to play a little bit, but once they scored a goal, that was it. It was, it was shut down, locked down, parked the bus and, you know, let's sort of survive on that. So I, I don't know. Do you feel like with Vasquez, and this was the point we made on Monday shows that without Vasquez on the field right now, that it feels like the galaxy are lacking that creative force that is, that really gets things going. That's, that's how I see it. What do you, what do you see? I, I, I feel, I, I see your point and I, I feel that's point, but I also feel even with Vasquez on the field, there still is a certain degree and a lack of creativity, of fluidity um, in the galaxy. It, you know, it's something that's been missing for a while. And a team that we expect, we've always said up until this point, this is a team. You know, don't worry, don't worry about the attack. It's always going to get goals. You know, you got players like Costa and Alvarez and right. Chicha and you know Jovalich and and Cabral. This team's going to get goals. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're not seeing it. I'm not pressing the alarm bell, but the presumption was the goals are going to be there. Well, they're not, and there's no indicator that they are coming based upon the creative aspects of our play. And, and even with Vasquez in there, I don't, I don't see a consistent creativity. I don't see a conduit. I don't see a connection between the midfield line and the attack. And, you know, we always see Chicha dropping deep, which for me, I don't like. I like it. Because that means he's having to facilitate the play. He's a penalty box striker, but mm -hmm. that's just kind of a symptom, I think, of, of a greater problem. So yeah, there there is a real lack of creativity, and it's not time to hit alarm bells. I, the the positive sign, like to your point, I think you were saying to Panda on Monday was, you know, our, our defense has been pretty locked down. Mm -hmm. uh, fantastic effort, and you know, the fourth best defensive record in MLS right now with just seven goals allowed and what four clean sheets so far. Yep, so one shy of last year already. So that's great. And, and for me, you always you know you always build from the back and defend first. So. I think I think the attacking situation will sort itself out. There's a lot of iron uh, wrinkles to iron out, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think that's Greg's sort of take on it is that things will iron themselves out. He's not 
he's not concerned about it. Obviously, he sees what's going on. And listen, I know there were there are people who would love for Greg Vanny to be like, man, our defense is horrible and like panic and throw red flags all over the place. That's not how Greg is. And quite honestly, that's not how I'd want a coach to be either. Right. I want a coach to be like, we'll fix it. It's coming. You know, it's it's one thing if you're saying you're going to fix it and you can't fix it through the whole year. And look, even Greg had problems last year saying he was going to get the defense right. He was going to get the defense right. The defense was never right last year. Yeah. Um, as of right now, you said it, you know, the fourth best defensive record. And we've sort of shown the the stats that say they basically cut their it, their projected goals in half. So if you figure they allowed 54 goals last year, they're currently on pace to allow 26.4 goals. Right. So they've cut it in half and through nine games. I get it right now. You're getting through 10 games. It's going to against Austin. Austin has a high powered offense. So it's a whole it's a whole other can of worms whenever you look at this. Um, but bottom line is that I think the Galaxy are starting from a good base position this year. And I don't think even when they were winning at the beginning of last year that they were in that same base position, right? They didn't have the defense last year that was this base that could move forward. And now now they do. And so I'm I'm concerned only because, you know, there's a signing that happens at the deadline day with, with Chase Gasper. And it's a, it's another defender in the Galaxy have, I think, seven million defenders, if I'm correct now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but that's not that's not true. But it, it was a position of need. And it was a position Greg had been talking about since yeah. the start of the season, which was, hey, you know, it, it's something to look at. But before we talk about Jace Casper, because there's some interesting little tidbits to sort of pull from all of that. Um, you know, for me, it's been it's been about players not showing up. We can talk about, you know, yeah. um, uh, Kevin Cabral not showing up. We can talk about Douglas Costa not showing up. We can talk about Efrain Alvarez quite honestly not showing up. I pulled this because I went back and watched some highlights, Christian, and this is Efrain Alvarez, and, and I'll explain it for those of you listening on the podcast. This is Alvarez whenever he received the ball in the 66th minute against RSL. This should have made it 1-1. He's in open space. He has a lot of time. There is nobody within about five to six yards of him whenever he receives this. And if I take this freeze frame and I show you where the goalkeeper is and I show you where the attackers are and I show you where the ball is and the ball is only a couple feet away from Efrain Alvarez's feet and I tell you that he basically doesn't get a shot off from here, there's something wrong with that. Um, and listen, Kevin Cabral could be guilty of similar situations just like this where you're in space, you have the time, and you don't convert and you don't get the chance. Here, uh, in this particular moment, Efrain Alvarez decided to take a touch with his right foot in order to put it on his left foot. By the time he did that, uh, they had uh, the goalkeeper came out. Is that McMath, mm -hmm. who's, who's, who's with RSL right now? I think it is. Uh, McMath was able to shut that down and, and cut off that angle. And so if you say that not really not even a shot got off, because McMath was on top of Alvarez whenever he kicks this ball, so really the shot doesn't even get off his foot, really. Um, then that's that's a problem. And it's it's about these moments. Right. And uh, it's about converting chances and it's about taking those chances because I saw something and, and, and people are right. That, and I think we're a little harsh on Costa. The finishing hasn't been there when he's been around. He's actually one of the league or one of the team leaders in create creating chances. Right. So he is a force that can create chances and create balls and do that. The problem is nobody's converted those. And while I look at the expected goals and I can sort of say whether or not you should convert from certain spots, um, you know, the Galaxy, for the most part, have converted from the spots that the really good spots that they've been in because they're slightly underperforming their expected goals. Just barely. It's not much. And that's a good sign, too. Um, it's moments like that where I'm like, that's where you could have stole. That's where you could have gotten a point back. Um, and, you know, Grand Sure has that same problem. Put the ball in the back of the net. That guy is starting. If he could pick up. 10 goals this year. Sam Grant's here. If he could get 10 and he has had 
in the first 10 games, he's probably had four or five good chances to score goals. And he has the own goal that uh, he caused, right? So he at least has that one sort of on his docket. These are the things that need to pick up uh, in, in my mind. Where, where, where do you sit on all of that? I, I mean, you kind of ticked all the boxes there. I, you know, going back to Efrain, you know, he's it's one dimensional if we're being frank and needs to run on and hit that first time. And you go back to your clip, you, you even see the positioning of the goalkeeper. You know what Efrain's going to do. He's going to take that touch of the right, trying to bend it over across the keeper in that upper goalkeeper's right hand corner and the goalkeeper's perfectly positioned for that so even if he did get a shot off it would have been totally telegraphed and you know it, 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 the galaxy are guilty of overplay and they're guilty of a, a poor decision making in the final third right now um and the chances aren't coming in abundance but there are half chances there that need to be taken in you know, the odd corner kick the, the set piece attacking is kind of left a lot to be desired yeah set piece well attacking that's the piss, that's a pitch, pitch as well yeah that's what we could talk about that's um, a that's a great call though the set piece attacking has yeah. been non-existent and they have big bodies in there they have exactly. Derek Williams they have Sega Coolbally which by the way we'll give you an update right now Sega Coolbally is fine expected to be back and ready for this game against Austin big, huge miss yes yes last weekend yeah so he should be fine it's uh, I'll give yeah. you I'll give you the other injury update which is Victor Vasquez is not expected to be available this weekend uh, Greg Vanny said he took a step back in training uh, yesterday he said and Greg was trying to sort of figure out how to how to approach this Christian and he was like he basically said listen Victor just didn't feel right right there was something it's not like he re-injured anything it's just he's not there yet and so they actually took sort of a step backwards to say okay you were training yesterday let's have you not train with the yeah. team today and so right now it seems that you know, the Galaxy are relying on, I, I think, a 35-year-old Victor Vasquez to really provide a lot for this team, and uh, he can't handle the games right now. So I, I think that's a little concerning. Yeah, and, you know, I, I know you guys have talked about a cam or, you know, a central attacking midfield that create a presence and wherever you want to assign the position to that it, just, it's not there right now. And you can't you can't ask that of Victor Vasquez, this, especially at this stage of his career. He's a sublime player, great touch. You know, and it has a great delivery, but you know his fitness speaks for itself, and he's he's not a reliable, consistent ninety-minute guy. So the, the Galaxy, I think that's one of the biggest missing pieces right now. I, I think they've filled in a lot of the great pieces that they've been missing, and you know, they bolstered the defense, batted steel to the midfield, um, and now we're we're seeing you know we've got strength on the wings here. Concerned about a lack of end product, um, but there's a distinct lack of of creativity that comes to the galaxy or generating chances. Um, interesting note, yes. when I was watching, when I was doing the Nashville game and Costa reverted to his central role, mm -hmm. he absolutely sliced and picked this Nashville back line to pieces mm -hmm. in the last 10 minutes, sliding through balls in, playing it through, dropping off to the right. He was absolutely brilliant, which led to the decision, I, I think, for Greg to push him a little bit more underneath and let Alvarez you know, start on the right-hand side. Now, those two obviously interchanged through the Real Salt Lake match, but I can see the logic in the thinking of Greg where it is there for um, Douglas to play that with very disappointing effort. I thought he was extremely flat, ineffective, clearly way off the pace in terms of fitness right now. He's nowhere near fit right now, and it, and it shows great burst of acceleration, but beyond that, and there's not much to it. So that's concerning and it, it, it you know kind of strengthens and goes more to the point where that that was going to be a conduit. And I can see the logic that that could plug that hole. Right. It hasn't happened. No, it, it hasn't. And, and listen, we've talked about the cam 
you know, discussion all the time. And, and there's even some arguments that the way Vanny plays, maybe he doesn't exactly need a 100% central attacking midfielder in there. Now, no. I, I think I think he does. I think he needs somebody who's at least creative, right? And so, well, you know, if, if you go back to what you and Panda were talking about in that two front, right? you can play a diamond. And that's where you start talking about it. When you're going 4-3-3, three, three, you're not going to have a 10. Right. So if you've got a t- one underneath and you're playing, you know, like basically like a four three one two or a four four two diamond, right? Then you're going to have that central attacking midfielder. That's not a system that he plays a lot of, but because of the effectiveness that we've seen from his situation right now with certain players and and the tactical scheme, we may see a rethink. And we we saw the chances that it, bear, it bared in the late going against Real Salt Lake. And uh, look, I know it was throw everybody forward. It is, yeah. You know, throw the kitchen sink at these guys. But it bared fruit, it bared chances, and it's something worthwhile to consider because right now this tactical scheme and the way things are starting from minute one really isn't working right now. And I, you know, I have every confidence Craig's going to figure this out. It's it, by all means not pushing the alarm bell, but that's where we talk about systems. And I think when you're talking about a central attacking a number 10, so to speak, right. that's where you have to rejig the system. And that's not Greg Vanny football. That, that's just my impression. I could be wrong, but that's what I see. I, I feel like he's defaulting a lot to the four, two, three, one. And whenever you have that, I feel like he could use somebody in that, in that three, that's a central playmaker. Now Vasquez is not a central mm-hmm. playmaker. I, he plays there in terms of he lines up there, but he actually, oh, yeah, pe- he goes he, left. yeah, he peels off to the left-hand side. That's where he sits. Right. Yeah. And then that works sometimes with Costa whenever he's on the wing, right? Because he comes inside a lot. So there's space for him to come inside there. The problem I have is whenever you have Alvarez who comes inside and you have Costa sitting inside, then there's, there's crowdedness in there. And I feel like they defer too much to each other. Um, in, in some of those cases, certainly in the RSL game, I didn't feel like there was enough fluidity between the, either their switches or, uh, you know, enough yeah. danger. I, I, I really do like Costa playing in the middle. And, and I wonder if Greg would throw in a Grand Sur on the right hand side and play Costa in the middle instead of Alvarez and would put in. I, I'm, I know everybody's going to hate it, but the Cabral on the left hand side really play two flagging wingers that like to get up and down the field to try to get in and around Austin and how they do, but two guys who also work really hard on the backside too, right? Um, it's, it's at least I, a thought. I, no, no, I think if you're going to play with wingers, you need wingers and you need pace. Efrain Alvarez is not a winger. He's, he doesn't he, have he's pace. Right side, he's <laughs> just not. He, he gives you no pace. So that, that's, that's my kind but, of conundrum right now. And so, But you will get this with Grants here and you will get work rate and look, there's a question of his final product. That's fine, but you will get work rate and you will get pace. And that is something that has to be marked. And, and the same thing, you know, for all of the ineptitude of Kevin Cabral, you will get a work rate and you will get pace and it will open things up. Now, I know he's, I believe me, I'm, I'm amongst the detractors right now. <laughs> me too. I, I've, you know, I've jumped it, firmly on that. I'm all about letting him get some minutes, yeah. but I don't think he should be starting in a, in a no, lot of these absolutely. minutes. He, yeah. He's had his time and you know what? It's a time to take a rest and, and every, I, I fully expect he will be held out uh, the first 11 this weekend. That's just my gut feeling. I think he should. I think it's time for him to just reassess, take a, a perspective from the bench, um, and, and you know, p- perhaps look at his brother's goal against Phoenix Rising on Sunday night. Right, right, right. Which is phenomenal. But um, it reassess. But anyway, if you're going to play with wingers, you need wingers. Right. And Efrain Alvarez is not a winger. Right. And so that, that's where I kind of, it, it's, I know there's an inverted presence when you play a right, you know, a lefty like him and that left foot is golden and Greg called it a magic wand and he's absolutely correct. Right. But 
it's one dimensional right now and it's all it's all too predictable. So, you know, if if plan A isn't working, here we go to plan B. Right. Plan B came into effect late on. Every good team needs a plan B. I think we're seeing right now plan B is actually having more of an effect than we saw from the first 11 than plan A. So, it'll I'm I'm really intrigued to see how he's going to set up this weekend. Do, do you feel like, though, you're going against one of the most offensive teams, and so the 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 counter to that and to play in something comfortable is you're going to play a play and start in a 4-2-3-1. You're going to keep the midfield with five guys in there to sort of slow down Austin because you know they're going to get out. You know they're going to want to run. Um, you know, all the things that they've done, which makes them one of the best offenses so far, and quite honestly, one of the better teams in Major League Soccer if you take it on results yeah. alone. Whether or not you believe in them, which I don't, not yet. Um, and by the way, even if they beat the Galaxy, I'm not sure I still believe in them. They're undefeated at Q2. It's a tough place to play. Um, all those things. I feel like the default position, at least if I'm coaching, isn't to go and put a two-forward setup into that because you're losing defense, you're losing stuff in the midfield, and you know that they're going to test you on the wings and through the middle with a Rudy and, and some of the other guys that they have. So for me, it's keep five guys in the middle. Now, it doesn't mean that if the game is 0-0 and you've run them into the ground, which is a possibility, especially with them at home, you know, that you don't say, okay, let's go, let's go for the jugular, which, by the way, I think Greg would resist on the road and that's why all of this stuff sort of leads me to you're not going to get that that lineup that you want against Austin right now. And, and you're not going to get the two forwards unless the Galaxy are losing. And if the Galaxy are losing, I don't think Greg has any problem pushing and throwing the kitchen sink because what are you going to lose by more goals? Like it, <laughs> losing is losing up to a certain point, you know. And so if you throw the kitchen sink at it to try to sort of come back in that, um, you know, I, I, but I want to see it. I want to see like the Dallas game that's coming up is one of those that I'm sort of like. You know, that could be a two mm. forward game, you know, it's, it's, it's there for that. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it is. It, 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 if you're that setup that you're speaking of, I think speaks to that game more so than this game. This is going to be a game that's going to be predicated on width. It's going to be a game that's predicated on pace. It's going to be open. Right. And for it's going to be a breath of fresh air because for the last three games, we've seen teams that, you know, are basically um, in a defend first mentality, even though it wasn't exactly the state in the first half against Real Salt Lake resorted to that in the second half and we saw it you know against chicago which was in a low block all day so um which will be i think it's gonna be a lot more pleasing on the eye but yeah you know my hesitation is those two and you have a double pivot in the center of the park there and, and delgado you know, needs a partner and the big decision is can you entrust either a revelison or a delgado more to the latter in that sole holding midfield role by himself because that is a huge responsibility and then you're sacrificing a defensive presence to add to the attack that's where the, i think the crux of the tactical decision will be made whether it be a, a 4-3-2-1 a 4-2-3-1 a 4-2-3 whatever we can throw numbers at it that's i think at the crux of the decision and you look at this team they scored 22 goals right and they're the league's best right now this season and they are forced to be reckoned with with drew you know fagundes so and those are players that like to create both underneath and in wide areas which is going to be a massive test for the fullbacks as well. Um, I, I don't think he's going to abandon the two, the double pivot right now, and, and he, I think he's going to keep with Revelison and Delgado um, and how he sorts out the the rest of the setup and, and you know the front four, so to speak, is, is going to be very interesting. Let's get to uh, the new acquisition because I think we've we've sort of set it up for, for what is going to possibly happen as we lead up into Austin. We set it up and in terms of, you know, this is a possibility of looks that you could see in the player personnel that you could see. So we're, we're sort of leaning on that a little bit. Let's go to um, the acquisition. Now, 
a surprise in that the LA Galaxy decided to pull the trigger in this window a, a little bit. But um, there's some really interesting things that sort of fall in place with this. Uh, and it's a position that Greg Vanny has said. Uh, listen, there's two places that Greg Vanny said they needed backup. He wanted defensive midfielder backup and he wanted the left back backup. He said, especially with Viafania injured, that type of thing. They said, you know, they need somebody to back up Raheem Edwards and, and that might be the case. So they went out. And they acquired uh, Chase Gasper from Minnesota United. Uh, basically, it's an exchange for $450,000 in 2023 general allocation money. Um, and Gaster, Gasper is under contract right now uh, with the Galaxy now through the end of the 2025 MLS regular season. So they pick up basically his contract. LA will also send a conditional $300,000 in general allocation money if certain performance metrics are achieved. And the Galaxy will retain $220,000 of Gasper's 2022 budget charge, while Minnesota will pay the remainder of that budget charge. I don't know how much he's making, um, but the Galaxy are basically getting a discount on his salary this year. Um, and who knows, it could be in equal or slightly less equal than the $450,000 they they're going to send next year in general allocation money. But you feel like this is a deal that they were working at and the numbers were important on because of the salary cap hit and everything else that's sort of coming. So the Galaxy will just take that $220,000 salary cap hit. Um, so whatever he's getting paid this year, the Galaxy only hit two twenty dollars on that cap. The other thing is that if you add those two numbers together, by the way, which, you know, $300,000 um, and $450,000, so $750,000 in general allocation money, it's a significant chunk if all of those things play out. This is not a small move. Um, but in Gasper, you get basically, as Greg Vanny said, you know, a starting caliber left back um, yeah. who is an extremely hard worker. And I think Greg called him more of like a traditional left back, which means he's not going to get forward as much as Raheem Edwards. That's and Edwards is not a traditional left back. So that's fine. He's not going to get forward as much, but he's a defense first kind of guy. He's going to play defense. He can still get into the attack. He can still put crosses in. But if you saw Raheem Edwards running in the last two games, dude looked like he was out of gas because he's been going 140% every single 90-minute game that he's sort of been playing. So uh, you, you lucky man, you, have been covering <laughs> Chase Gasper because he was with UCLA for three seasons before he transferred to Maryland. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you got to see him, and you covered him whenever he played for UCLA. So, so what do you get with, with Chase Gasper? Uh, you hit a lot, a lot of it on the head, Josh. He's a defend first extremely hardworking. Uh, he's a monster of a tackler, has a voracious appetite for the game. Um, I was talking to my friend uh, Callum Williams, who's one of the media people at Minnesota United this evening, and he said, if, if I had to give you a stat that kind of summed up Chase Casper in three and a half years with Adrian Heath in Minnesota, he's had one assist. So he's the antithesis of, of Raheem Edwards, right. if you if you will be. And he's a stay-at-home left fullback. And that will give variation to the Galaxy because the way I'm seeing it is Julian Araujo is deferring to Raheem Edwards, and Raheem Edwards is playing the Araujo role of 2021, except on the left-hand side. And to his credit, he's been brilliant, with the exception of this past game, which I thought he was quite poor. Um, so it'll be interesting if you throw a Gasper in there. Not only do you bring in the possibility of going with three at the back. Right. But in possession, it's always a three with the Galaxy. They bomb their fullback, and most of the time it's Edwards, and you leave you know, Williams at the back with Koulibaly and Araujo to hold things down. Now you throw this Gasper in there, and it can free Julian to make his runs up to the right. And we'll see more of the Julian Araujo we saw in 2021. So 
Um, he's, a, he's a solid pro, committed, um, just a, a real class professional. Um, and my, my people in Minnesota tell me, you know, really good guy, team player, good locker room guy. Um, and after watching me, you see, I saw him break his leg at UCLA, and it was really sad. He was, it wasn't good, but the way he responded, you know, he rehabbed like a monster, got right back at it, and didn't miss a beat, was the same player that he was before. So I think that speaks volumes to his character, and I think he's going to be a, a great asset. A team, you know, it'll give him more steel back there, So and, and more you know, tactical options. Yeah, yeah, and that's what Greg Vanny actually even pointed out. He said, you know, this also gives us a chance to put, play both uh, Raheem Edwards and Gasper and move Raheem Edwards into a more advanced role, put him into a winger role and or exactly. you know, a, a wing back, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. I, I would doubt they would put Gasper in to sort of put into a three-man back line because I think they have three center backs that do well. And if you're going to play, you know, sort of a 3-5-2 whenever they have played those, yeah. I think that's, you know, you might bring in Zavaleta and set up somebody like Gasper. But if you want to stay in a four-man back line and you need somebody, you know, to to sort of gas it up and down on the on the wing for a little bit, and you want to keep Raheem Edwards because he's been playing well in that game, and you think that he could possibly add something to it, you can put Edwards up on that left hand side. You can let Gasper stay home at left back role, and that does provide something. <laughs> it, Greg always likes tactical options, um, and every you could, coach says, yeah, yeah, and but I, yes. But every time Greg signs somebody, he tells us about all the options he has, right? Like he's like, he's, yeah. re- he's really all about that flexibility and really trying to assess that. And you saw the flexibility that they had just in terms of what they did in the second half in the RSL game, because they go to a four, four, two. And whenever that mm-hmm. doesn't produce the results, eventually they go to a three, five, two. Right. And yeah. so you see them progressing into these, you know, from a base set of a four, two, three, one into a four, four, two into a three, five, two. And that's all in one game. You know, and that doesn't even count. That's mostly just attacking wise that I can say those a lot of times they defend in, in almost different ways um, yeah. and, and shift around a little bit. But for the most part, that's that's where it is. So um, there is some there is some some baggage that comes along with Chase Gasper a little bit as well. Um, and this was yeah. back on uh, on March 16th. Uh, basically, MLS announced that uh, that Chase Gasper had voluntarily entered the MLS uh, substance abuse and behavioral health program uh, for personal reasons. Now, <laughs> he certainly seems willing to talk about it. Um, and we talked to him today. Uh, and he he was actually at in Malibu at Cliffside in Malibu, which is, um, you know, a, a, a quote unquote rehab center or rehabilitation center. And whenever he talks about it, he talks about, hey, anybody who's suffering from anxiety, depression, substance abuse, you know, you, you don't have to basically do this in the dark you need to you need to trust people you need to talk to people and get the help that you need and he wants to be a spokesman for that um that being said you know he seems like he's very comfortable and the other part of it was that he was out here in malibu that's where he decided to enter his program he seems comfortable in southern california obviously with the ucla connection and now with this Malibu connection that he had while he was out here um, going through that, the league basically puts him on this list and they have to clear him back to play. I imagine that has happened. He played in the U S open cup game. That was his only minutes for Minnesota this year. Uh, But having said all that, he seems like a guy who wanted to move here to Southern California and wanted to have basically that support system that he created whenever he was out here in place now that he as he's trying to return and, and, and play and perhaps Minnesota was a little too far away from the West Coast in order to have that support system in place. So all these things, listen, he seems very open to talk about it, um, which is which is really interesting because most of the time guys are I'm not I'm not going to say anything. And, you know, he mentions 
in all three. I know people are always trying to figure out, well, what do you go in for? And, you know, whether or not that's going to be an issue. He mentions anxiety, depression, substance abuse every time he talks about kind of why he was there. So you could probably figure it's a combination of those three, at least according to what he's saying. And so um, having said that, he seems super motivated and super centered right now and happy to be back and playing uh, soccer. He, he's, he, he's got a lot of life in him right now. Yeah, and, and this surprised me about it because after, you know, when I saw him at UCLA and, and saw him in his time in Minnesota, the guy gave everything. He left everything out there. I mean, whatever Chase Gasper had in him as an athlete and as a player was out on the field. And he gave everything. So normally when you see that with these players that are struggling with abuse, it, it's lethargy and performance. It's lackluster. Um, attitude problems, things are out of sync. That's not Chase Gasper right. um, at, at all. And very much team guys. So I was actually quite surprised um, just, you know, from a neutral's point of view and seeing this from afar. So hopefully it'll get things ironed out. Um, I think I have every confidence it's going to be a great depth signing. For me, what, what, what actually is kind of a, the issue we're not talking about right here, Josh, is the, the situation with Jorge Villafania where ah. we've been led to believe it's a bone bruise and everything and he'll be back soon. And you know, we haven't seen Jorge since you know, the middle of last, you know, well, August of, of last summer. And well, then he had surgery, right? Cause he went in and he yeah. got scoped on his knee. And again, it was supposed to be clearing this out. Greg Vanny made it very clear today, actually, which was again, a little surprising. I'm still, by the way, I still have a horrible cough. And so I am, I have like seven cough drops in my mouth right now, just to make sure that I don't start going sideways. Um, like I did last week, but, um, Greg Vanny made it very clear. He said specifically, he said, Jorge is not recovering the way that we had hoped he had, yeah. right? And so there is something there. They are concerned they're not going to be able to get Jorge Biafania back to where he was, maybe even back to playing. We don't know how serious it is, but it does mirror a little bit of, you know, maybe Robbie Rogers whenever he got hurt. Um, and then even going back to Chase Gasper as well, you know, I was thinking about the anxiety and the depression and, and some of those other things. And we know that there are LA Galaxy players in the past that have suffered with depression with Landon Donovan. Mm -hmm. Also, Josh Saunders entered the league's um, protocols at one point, if everybody remembers. Those are the two off the top of my head that sort of said, oh, yeah. these guys are able to play. They're able to contribute. They're able to do it. I, I imagine Gasper is. But the Viafania news is a lot bigger than than sort of was able to, you know, be broadcast while I was out traveling. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a big deal. Greg Vanny's basically saying, I don't know if we're going to get Jorge back. And so you're paying him from whatever. And Jorge Viafania was an off-season addition about the time by, by Dennis DeClosa, if I remember correctly, uh, while while Greg Vanny was basically coming in. I, we don't know yeah. if Vanny had anything to say about Viafania because he technically wasn't. Uh, Vanny wasn't signed before Viafania, I think, was announced. And so mm. all these things sort of added together to make it, um, you know, Viafania coming in right whenever Greg Vanny came in as well. So it doesn't look like um, it doesn't look like that's going to that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about he was a Galaxy first choice left back for, you know, the at least last season of 2021, <laughs> you know, right, and yeah. things faded off. So this is not just some person that came in and made a cameo and had a fleeting appearance. So hopefully he gets it ironed out, works it out. I, I pray the best. He's a great, great person, Jorge Viafani. I've known him a long time and I, I really hope he can work it out because it, if anybody deserves to come out of this on the right end, it's him. And his work ethic and graft and, and his record speaks for itself. I mean, you know, he was a guy, he, when I, I remember Jorge is just, you know, a pimple faced young kid when he was 17 years old and he would clean church pews with his dad in Anaheim. Mm -hmm. And then he won the reality show and, you know, we have, we know the rest of the story. So it, it's, it's Sueño. I mean, he's the dream. So 
and hopefully he can and figure it out and get back to where he was. Whenever Hammer was living uh, in SoCal, uh, he got one of his neighbors came up to him and goes, hey, do you know this guy, Jorge Villafania? Right? And Eric's like, yeah. Then Jorge Flores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And he's like, he's like yeah, I know that. I know this guy. And the whole deal. And he, yeah. goes, he goes, oh, he was trying to buy a house over here. Right? The whole deal. This was whenever we, we had just heard that Jorge was getting ready to sign with the LA Galaxy and stuff like that. So it was funny uh, that Hammer gets like the inside view because his neighbor comes over and knows that Hammer has, you know, that has the connections. Um, it's like, hey, do you know this guy? Maybe he's going to buy my house or buy my neighbor's house. I forgot exactly how it was, but it was at least. It wait, was, or is this is this the real estate person going MLS? Oh, wait, sorry, oh, I'm on MLS soccer. Yeah, perhaps. yeah, I, I got know. lost somewhere. <laughs> I got lost somewhere. The values on MLSsoccer.com, not nearly as high as MLS, right? That's, a, that's how it works. Exactly. Uh, very good. But no, um, I thought that was all. Um, it, it, it's interesting to hear Greg be honest. And I think we kind of knew something was up because we haven't heard of Viafania. Yeah. coming back and so it has sort of been a drawn out process and again with Robbie Rogers we had heard rather early on that his ankle was bad enough that he was going to retire but mm-hmm. nobody wanted to say the R word until basically for another year and a half but mm-hmm. we knew that's where it was well Viavania I haven't heard that but you have to imagine that if it's not coming back if he's not going to be back uh, in time for the season that I mean he's at an age where you probably don't come back from that then so yeah. uh, we could have seen the swan song of Jorge Viafania last year which is sad uh-huh. uh, but very few players get to walk off the field uh, most of them are carried off the field whenever uh, whenever you look at that and that's that's one of those harsh realities of sports a lot of guys never get the chance to even show their talents at the top level and of those guys very few of them get to walk out uh, you know on their own and very few of them sort of get to walk out uh, holding a trophy right so yeah you, you look at all those different things and it's just, I, I, to me, it's always like rolling dice and just the odds of everything are so small. Yeah, just, I, I don't want to beat to death, but put a cap on it. If ever there was a guy who maximized every ounce of his ability, Jorge Villafania epitomizes that. Uh, he got every ounce of ability, commitment out of him. Just, just through his pure professionalism, his graft, his hard work, I, I admire him and what he's done and how he's risen to become the player and the man he's become. I mean, it's, it's been a great story. So hopefully everything will work out for him. Uh, the LA Galaxy put out a press release today uh, involving LA Galaxy and Javier Chicharito Hernandez. Uh, Chicharito is going to host a panel with Dr. Armando Mondo Gonzalez about mental health and peak performance on Tuesday, May 10th. Um, basically, they're giving us a heads up on that, uh, and it's going to take place, I believe, at Dignity Hill Sports Park at the uh, American Express Stadium Club on May 10th. Uh, on Thursday, May 10th at 1230. Uh, I'm sort of looking to see if there's places where that's going to be broadcast. I would imagine it's going to be broadcast to some something uh, or at least recorded and, and sent out. They're, they're basically telling us, the media, because they're asking us to RSVP if we want to go in person uh, to that. So well, that's what's going on. But I just wanted to give everybody a heads up that that is that is coming down as well. So, um, you know, Chicharito, I, I think, by the way, right up his alley uh, in terms of mental health awareness month and, and sort of tying that in. There's nothing that that Javi likes to talk about more than than sort of the mental side of, of <laughs> soccer or of life, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, did you read that article about him in The Athletic? That, yes. What did you think of it? Um, I thought it was great. Uh, it's it, one. I didn't know he was such a big gamer, um, which is interesting. Um but yeah, I th- you know, I've, I've followed his career, you know, ever since he, you know, he, he came out of Guadalajara and it was and he and Carlos and they went upon their European jaunts. And it's, he's always been a guy who's very emotional, very high strong. I did. I had no idea that he was struggling with with, you know, mental issues like that and, and esteem issues. And you know, it's kind of nice to see him come out because it's really hard for an athlete to come out and, you know, come out and just 
be frank about it and expose right. himself and, and be vulnerable about it. So, you know, kudos to him. I think it's kind of a brave thing for him to do. Um, and he, he, some say he gives too much and he shows too much. I think Javi is who he is. And that, that is his strength. He just wears everything on his sleeve. He gives you everything. And I think with him becoming so revealing about this, it, he's reinvented himself as a player on the pitch and he's rediscovered his dedication to the game because he went through that slump and it was absolutely awful. Yeah. And he's embraced this and he's acknowledged it and he's been forthcoming about it and he's seen it in his commitment and he rededicated himself. Uh, he's fitter than ever. And I think his play has, has spoken volumes to that. Yeah, he, he does seem to have, and, and I only really know Javi from covering him with the LA Galaxy, but certainly, you know, in 2020, and you saw how out of shape he was, and just how yeah. it looked like he didn't want to be there, and light, you know, night and day difference, basically, between uh, 2020 and 2021, and now it's that con con continued, sustained effort. Uh, you know, he's a guy who hasn't scored in the last couple games, and who's a guy yeah, who, who, yeah, three games, so uh, it's a guy you're going to want to get back on the scoring streak. Um, you don't want him, but he does this. This is how he was last year too, which is he usually scores in streaks and they they come and they go. And it's about the galaxy finding him. I don't think he he's been wasteful on a few chances, but overall he's had a handful of chances. It's not like he's had a ton of chances to to sort of make or or, or make mistakes on. Yeah, he he has been wasteful. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, he's hobby and he's he's brilliant. And you know, the thing is, it, it the fact that we're talking about this, the fact that he's such a you know fox in the box of poacher that he, he's so clinical in front of goal that you know when he misses a chance you're like what yeah. what is he doing yeah. yeah what what are you doing but the, you know points to a bigger problem the the galaxy don't have goals throughout this team right. and they should be getting goals throughout this team there's no balance we're not getting goals from Cabral we're not getting goals from midfield we're not getting them from Ravellison like we got you know last year when he you know punched in five we're not getting him from Alvarez the galaxy need support and he he's not getting it and you know. He's also to what we were talking about earlier in the pod, Josh, where, you know, he becomes a, a facilitator so many times mm -hmm. throughout the season where he drops into that deeper role and then, you know, tries to facilitate the play and create for others. For me, Javi Hernandez in the penalty box is where he belongs. He needs to have the play facilitated to him to play to the strength of Chicharito Hernandez. And so... Um, yeah, can, can, let me counter. And I wanted to counter it earlier. We, uh, as usually happens, I get sorry. I have ADD. So like once you talk about something <laughs> else, I want to talk about it. I forget anything I wanted to say before. One of the things I'll say about him dropping deep though, and is that he usually gets things going and then he yeah. usually arrives back in the box whenever he does it. So mm -hmm. it's not like he pulls out of the box in order to get it. Usually whenever he pulls back into the midfield, it's back at center, you know, at the middle of the field, he has time then to make the sprints and make the runs. And he's usually the guy who will be on the end of the ball whenever that happens. So for me, I'm fine with that as long as he still ends up being in the box. I don't like yeah, right. whenever he drops off and then there's a play and there's people in the box. But because he had to drop off in order to be the creator, he's mm -hmm. not there to be the finisher. So as far as long as he can get into the box and finish after he's played creator, I have no problems with him dropping. But I think I'm fine with him dropping whenever it's more the middle of the field than I am whenever he's dropping in the final third in order to come back and sort of try, you know, he gets outside the box in order to try to play the ball and create something. And then he doesn't have time to get back into the box whenever that happens. So yeah, that's, that's sort of, that's my, I, I, I don't, I, I never want to take point. any, I, I never want to take anything. Valid point, Josh. I, I think you're spot on. 
Yeah, I never want to take anything away from him because I think he he is a creator in a way. And I think a lot of times, you know, the poacher. You're absolutely right. He's a poacher. That's what he's made his bread and butter on. Yeah. Get him he's in the box. box striker. Yeah, let him, let him. That's great. But I think he does create. He can make passes that other guys can't oh, yeah. make, right? Outside of Douglas Costa and maybe Efrain Alvarez, who I think has great vision on passing um, in a lot yeah. of ways. But outside of that, there's other guys. You know, Grinster's not a great passer. Um, Cabral's not. A, he's a horrible passer sometimes, especially whenever it comes to the final ball. Um, you know, the problem with Alvarez is he's he's very much a, a one-trick pony with his passing, which is like, okay, it's going to be on his left foot, and he's going to either try to take it over the top on you or he's going to try to cut a line. And if he's going to cut a line, he usually cuts the line not in across the field, but usually back to the side that he encroached on, right? I, yeah. I start watching some of these guys, and you can really start to feel their tendencies. And as we cover guys year in, year out, you see these tendencies just get solidified. And for me, it's like if Alvarez hits that ball that I showed earlier on his right foot, Everybody yeah. knew he was going to stop and take that touch, right? You knew it. I knew it. Everybody. But if he hits it on his right, nobody's expecting that. And if he hits it on his right, I bet he scores. It doesn't even have to be a good shot. Nobody was set up and ready for that. So I just want these guys to work away from their tendencies a lot. Um, yeah. You know, and going back to your point about Javi, and you're absolutely correct. And it's a testament to Javi's you know, character, his graft, and his commitment where he drops to show, gets into the box, and off, more often than not, he's on the receiver. But it also points to the fact he's not getting support. Yeah, and that's that's my issue, and and that's where I you know I have concerns about that. So it would be nice to see him have the support so he can play to his strengths and do what you know Chicharito Hernandez is known for doing. You know, he is one of the at the top of his game. He's one of the best penalty box strikers that we've seen you know for the last ten years right. throughout the world. So. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and he can play that role of playmaker and he is able to do that. I would rather have him in the penalty box playing to his utmost strengths and, and doing what, you know, the Javi Fernandez that we've saw, you know, back at Manchester United, Real Madrid, Bayer Leverkusen and, and, and so on and do that. But, um, and also you're absolutely right about, you know, the one dimensionalists, uh, one dimensionality, I guess. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I beyond my lexicon. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's, it, 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 the galaxy like an inverted presence, not to get all X's and O's and confuse everybody. But no, they every, like everybody presence. likes that. Everybody likes that. Greg likes talking about tactics yeah. and, and our crowd usually we, we didn't start off that way. But certainly I think that understanding the tactics that are at play and listen, uh, the galaxy and you can plug your ears because I'm going to go after galaxy here for a second. The galaxy not showing the starting formations that Greg wants them in is a real loss to not the hardcore fans. Hardcore fans can figure out what the formation is. You look at the players, yeah. and you go, oh, I know what's playing. But for the people who are maybe on the edge of trying to figure out what tactics are, it's imperative. Me. Yeah, Me. yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, it's imperative that you show some of these, these formations and how people are lining up because not only that, but just the morphs that happen. I mean, Sasha Kleshin corrected me because he, he he's he's allowed to. Everybody's allowed he's to correct gone. me. Yeah, he, he is. And and Greg also, in in some ways, will correct me whenever I talk about it. But Greg is not a big believer in sort of formations just because everything morphs and it changes and you attack in a different formation oh, yeah. than you defend. Understood. But in basics, you can attack in a formation. And in basics, you can defend in a formation. And giving that information to people doesn't hurt anything. There's nothing that you're losing yeah. in, in all that. So for me, the Galaxy putting a list up and saying, here are the players, and it's just a list, loses that. Um, and and I, I want to see them be better than that. And that's my biggest critique so far of any of the social media stuff that comes out is show the formations whenever it's starting lineups. Because 
I'll tell you right now, MLS gets it wrong all the time. MLS had the LA Galaxy starting in a 4-4-2 against RSL, and they absolutely did not start in a 4-4-2 against RSL. They started in a 4-2-3-1, which is their base formation. Then they went to a 4-4-2, and then they finished in a 3-5-2. Um, mm-hmm. So you can't trust the league to get it because they don't watch all the games like you and I do. And even some days, the Nashville game, so that's an interesting one. Cabral started that game, right? They started in a 4-4-2. Even though it doesn't necessarily, even with Cabral, you're like, no, there's no way they played. They did. It was a modified 4-4-2, but it was a 4-4-2. They wanted that mm-hmm. forward presence because they knew that Nashville was going to sit tight, right? So there was all these things that happened. But that's important information for fans to have and you should be able to get it on your phone before the game and be like oh the galaxy look at look out they're playing in the 442 cool cabral's gonna play in this half space that he that greg likes to put him in sometimes yeah. somewhere between a winger and a forward right mm-hmm. so that's important that was my that was my knock on on the josh i've been, I've been pre- you're preaching to the choir i've been moaning about that for the last 20 years or you know <laughs> you, and you read these you read these lineups where you're like oh, okay he's gonna be right back and so many times you, they get the lineups wrong where the left backs are the right back and the right backs playing the center forward and you're just like come on, come on people i mean it's ridiculous and it would be nice just just to have a framework of understanding for people to, to you know it's a starting spot it doesn't it's exactly. not be all end all it's a starting spot and, and that's, you know what, to the almighty God that you and Kevin were speaking of, <laughs> Galaxy Folklore, Bruce Serena, it's a, it's a thing for television graphics. Yeah, it is. Let him go out and play, and I let my boys play they want. Well, yes, there is certain, he, he's being a little bit more simplified about this. He had a 4-4-2 philosophy, Bruce Serena, if there ever was one. But, you know, to his point, you know, it's, it's, it's. It's just a framework. I, I love how the people who I just said are super fans don't care about the formations. Like the people who are in the chat room are not the people that I am trying to address this to. And all of you <laughs> like, just watch the game. You can tell what the formation is. It's like, yeah, you guys know because you watch the galaxy all the time. That's exactly the point. I'm not talking about you guys. Nobody in yeah. this chat room should care about a lineup graphic. Well, I would- I found fascinating is trying to decipher what was going on with Alvarez and Costa. <laughs> where 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 are no, they playing? You know? Yeah, I mean, we were expecting Costa to play underneath, and that's where he finished against Nashville. And so it was a continuation of that. And then, uh, lo and behold, you're seeing Efra drift central, which is his tendency. And, and Di- uh, Do- uh, Do- I always want to see Diego. Yeah, Douglas, I know. I know. You know. Drifting the right. But yeah, so I don't mean. So I could, I, I could tactical dork it out with you all day long, but always I would fun. everybody to sleep. So oh. I apologize. My bad. Always fun to do it. No, it's it's good. Let's look at the standings real quick, just so that way you can sort of uh, set up this weekend's match, which is the number two and the number three team in the Western Conference. Wait, Josh, real quick. Yeah. As bad as everybody's playing, yes. and, and we're saying it, it's not the best. Oh. We're in third. We're in third place, six oh. points out. The oh, pace. you want to play? You want to play the same? You want to play the same game that I played all day on Monday with Kevin, who was like negative Nancy again, where he yeah. was, you know, he was like, oh no, you know, the whole deal. Listen, as remember there's no central attacking midfielder i think they need one i think they need another creative presence presence at least in the midfield somewhere mm-hmm. so i'm all about the summer Agreed. and what you get one for 1.6 million dollars in max tam we believe they still have a max tam spot available um but i'm also like i'll deal with victor vasquez in that position until the summer because right now the la galaxy with the way they're playing defense will win games I'm not concerned. Yeah. They're going to find goals. They're going to win some games. Now, are they going to be the finished product that you expect them to be whenever, you know, August comes around? No. And I don't expect them to, but I see this team building into things. I see them building into understanding. And Vanny runs complex product, uh, complex, uh, you know, formations and complex, uh, I don't want to say like programs, right? He has yeah. He, philosophy. Yeah. His philosophy is not simple, right? <laughs> it yeah. just, you can simplify it down to start with. 
And then as you get more and more in tune with it, you can start tweaking. And it's about understanding moves, movements from other players. It's about knowing when to press. It's about knowing when to fall. He's big on transition defense and how you stop a transition before it gets out of hand. So that way you can do it. And it's about, you know, that team defense mentality. There's are those are general thoughts, but his systems are complex whenever he wants them to be. And he's getting to the point where he's starting to instill more of that with this galaxy last year. Nothing. You didn't see it, right? There was very base. It was very vanilla yeah. because he was just trying to get everybody to understand what he sort of wanted from him in that base sense. But now that you're progressing, watch the triangles that develop, watch the, you know, the movement. Structure. Yeah. The structure and the movement off the ball yeah. is so much better now. Now it hasn't been in the last couple of games because they've been playing so slow, but you want to yeah. see that movement more and you want to see people pressing in behind the lines. I think the biggest thing they're missing for me, Christian is still that pass in behind the line, finding yeah. a winger out behind the line, finding Chicharito behind the line, yeah. finding Jovalich behind the line. They lack that. They lack that yeah. ball right now. And they have the players that can get in behind. They have the pace in those players, like a Grand Seer. They have got a player like Cabral that can get in behind and, and trying to get them. And, and again, we're coming back to be able to play that. Also, too, Josh, and, and kind of speaks to a supporting point of your point, is the tempo has to be quicker. Yeah. They had their feet stuck in the mud. It was plodding, methodical, whatever you want to call it. And it can't play that. The Galaxy are at their best playing at tempo, playing at pace. And stretching and pulling, and we always hear Vanny talk about pulling defenders out of out of, out of position. Right. Even when they throw everybody in the box and they right. throw the kitchen sink, right? They don't cross. They don't whip crosses in, which a lot of teams will do, and just you know pray for that second ball. He wants to keep it on the floor and pull these guys out of position and find those nooks and crannies, which they were doing to great effect against Nashville late on. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see how how that will develop. I will say uh, the chat room did did get some of my concerns about the summer as well. And Living Color says, um, you know, that they basically don't trust this front office to find the right guy. There's there's questions about, you know, looking at guys like Cabral and saying, oh, well, he was definitely the right guy. I will say this, that I think they've hit more than they've missed, although I think the cost of one could be a cost a costly miss have i told you, do you okay so do you know that every player has a hyperlink in major league soccer like if you're going to type in the player's page like major league soccer pledge every player if i wanted to type you in as a player and you were a player in major league soccer i would type in mlssoccer.com forward slash players with an s mm -hmm. forward slash your first name christian with a dash and miles your last name okay that's every player follows that Formula. So if I want to look up Giassi's artists, I don't have to like go to the players page and then click Giassi's artists and then go to, you know, where Colorado's page, Colorado now, Colorado's page and like Weird. find <laughs> find Giassi's artists and, and do all that stuff. I can just it's a shortcut for me because I go and look up players all the time, like Javi or Douglas to pull stats and, and to do different yeah. things. So the whole deal. Did you know Douglas Costa's one isn't spelled right? So his yeah. hyperlink isn't Costa. It's cost. C-O-S-T. And as I look and he costs $5 million roughly a year is what we're guessing it is. I find that interesting that some, I, I wonder if somebody in the league did it on purpose. Be like, this guy's going to cost the LA Galaxy a lot of money. And did Douglas, <laughs> Douglas dash cost is his, is his hyperlink. Um, it's like a uh, very bad data dad jokes. Yes, almost, it, it, it feels, it feels <laughs> that way. Right. And every time I type it in, I just shake my head. I'm like, it's cost. I can't believe it's cost. Like, is somebody well, going to fix this? But to the point, you know, we, we tied him at the game of the season. And I said it to you when you, you had me on and, and everyone else, high risk, high reward yeah. with, with Douglas Costa. And, and I stand by that. And the guy's got all the ability in the world, but we haven't seen it. And 
I think it, it's been in fleeting, fleeting, really small glimpses. It's there, but man, he is so far off the pace fitness-wise yep. yep. that uh, I'm concerned. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I think everybody should be. You need to see. I would be okay if he was maybe a better. It's early days. It, it is, and he's played nine games with the guy, like actually less yeah. than that, because he hasn't even been available for all those games. But uh, early days on that, yeah, I usually give people like the big base majority of a season to really get comfortable. Oh yeah, give yeah, got to give him the new country doesn't speak the language, new system. I mean, you you got to give him the year. And uh, you have well, and the Galaxy are because they're gonna. I yeah. think they have him for basically for two years. So his six month loan, by the way, is almost up, and then he's basically um, he has the rest of the year, which is six months, and then he'll play the entire next year. Um, so at the end of twenty twenty three, he should is is uh, <laughs> excuse me, his contract should be up. So that's where we're looking. Galaxy in third place. Let's talk about this Austin game. Uh, LA Galaxy headed to Q two Stadium in Austin, Texas. Uh, this game is on FS one and Fox Deportes. Um, this game is uh, a 4 p.m. TV start time. It's a 4.25 p.m. kickoff time. This is on Sunday on Mother's Day. So just keep that in mind whenever you're uh, you're getting ready for this particular game. Christian, anything that you want to sort of uh, start to approach whenever you talk about this Austin game? Oh, my God. Well, I think we beat it to death earlier. But, uh, you know, weather the storm. I think the first 15 minutes are going to be crucial. And I know it's very cliche, but... The way Josh is, uh, is playing, Josh Wolf's team is playing right now, and they, they get on you from the get-go. They jump out early. They like to get on the front foot and get it wide and, and, and the mobility, and he's got the players to, to suit his system. So yeah, that, that first 15 minutes is going to be brutal, um, and the weather is going to be brutal as well. <laughs> look at these tactical set. I mean, with 99 degrees. Hold, and, hold on. Hold on. Let, me, let, me, let me see if I can do it. Hey, Siri, what's the weather in Austin, Texas this weekend? Expect both partly cloudy skies and clear skies in Austin, Texas this weekend. Daytime temperatures will hover around 99 degrees, with overnight lows around 73 degrees. Duh. Yeah, there you go. So 99 degrees. 73 degrees at night. Yeah, and, and listen, this is a <laughs> 6.30 roughly kickoff time, local kickoff time um, in Texas. Um, and so uh, I would imagine it comes down off the 101 a bit, but you're still going to probably be in the mid to low 90s, I'm guessing, whenever you kick this game off. Um, and oh, I, yeah. I asked Greg Vanny about it today, and he sort of, <laughs> go go watch the video. I'll eventually post the video. Everybody can watch the video and if, if the Galaxy post it and talk about it. But I said, you know, hey, Greg, basically, you know, it's going to be 100. And, it's supposed to be like 100, 101 degrees there or something like that. And he sort of was like, yikes. Like, even either he didn't know or he knew and he was just confirming that he knew uh, that it was going to be really, really warm uh, this weekend. Usually those guys start sort of. Uh, preparing for all that stuff on Wednesday. So I imagine he knew and, and everything like that. But um, <coughs> really hot weather. We talked about Arudi. We talked about uh, Dreyusi, who is the league leader in goals right now. He has seven. He's tied with Jimenez with Toronto. Uh, Diego Fagundes has six assists, which is one more, obviously, than Raheem Edwards has. And so he's leading. So Austin leads the, the league in goals and in assists in terms of um, their players being on that front. And if I remember correctly on, on sort of the, 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 the goal scoring, they've scored the most goals, I think, in Major League Soccer with 22. Yep. Um, and so that's a that's a lot. That's twelve more than the Galaxy, and they've only allowed one more. Yeah, than yeah. the Galaxy. So we're talking about how great they are on the front foot. This is a team that's actually putting together solid defensive performances or solid defensive performances right now that shouldn't be overlooked. And I think it's kind of glossed over by 
you know, the players like Driussi, like the players like Fagundes, they're they're tough to break down, which they weren't last year. Um, you saw them start to get their footing, you know, about three quarters of the way through last season under under Wolf's philosophy. I'm, I'm really surprised. I I had no idea. I didn't know Josh Wolf as a, as, as a, a player in terms of his cerebral aspects or whatever his managerial instincts but he's done fantastic work yeah, with has. austin for, for me he's been you know he's blown the doors off and, and more power to him great fan support tough place to play yeah. um it's 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 not going to be easy a huge test i mean you know both teams have played nine games and the gulf between them in terms of attack is is about as big as it can get yeah yeah uh it is so if you remember last year la galaxy and austin fc uh, the first year with Austin in the league, um, Austin beat the Galaxy 2 nothing at home, and then the Galaxy at home beat Austin uh, 2 to nothing. So they've traded those back and forth. Uh, they said Austin FC has won four straight MLS matches for the first time in club history, and Austin reached the 20-point mark in nine games this season after needing 26 games to get to that plateau in 2021 uh the galaxy won uh three nothing in houston and last uh in, in october last season in the most recent game that was played in texas so you can sort of say okay there's maybe there's something there um a little bit uh just uh drew scored his seventh goal of the season and Austin wins over houston uh, again i don't know if all the texas teams are pretenders but i tend to not believe in most of them um and houston and dallas <laughs> certainly are, are question marks but we've talked about this la galaxy schedule we've talked about how difficult yeah. it will be this uh this month and the galaxy basically are playing their their second of three away games if you count the cal united game which is an open cup game coming up next week um, that is also going to be an away game before they finally get a home game against FC Dallas. Then it's funny because they're going to be playing against Minnesota and Chase Gasper is going to basically get a chance to face his own team almost immediately. So uh, mm-hmm. there's some of that stuff in there as well. And we talk about Houston. So Austin twice, uh, you have Dallas in there, you have Minnesota and you have Houston and there's a Cal United game in there as well. This is a very, very busy month. Uh, Greg Vanny talked about that, saying that everybody needs to just you know, take it one game at a time, which is a cliche, but with this many games, you need to take it one game at a time and sort of really see that. What the Galaxy need here, Christian, is a convincing win where they're able to rest guys starting in about the 75th minute where you don't have to drag everybody out to 90 minutes where the game isn't in in uh, you know question with the last 10 minutes of game so what you can't rest guys like Chicharito or, or other things like that. You need to get some guys some bench minutes. Um, and I think, yeah. I think you'd expect, quote-unquote, a very B team going against Cal United as well. So all yeah. of these things are sort of adding up to a, to a very busy uh, sort of uh, next month and, and certainly a, a tough game in, uh, in Austin. So absolutely. Absolutely. And also too, you know, what we need is a comprehensive 90 minutes where we impose our will and, and ensure the results so we can bring on a Jovalich, you know, on at halftime or something and rest Chicharito. Um, which would be very interesting to see if we could see a Jovalich in that Chicharito role and how he plays as the number nine with a Cabral or what have you or a Grand Sear or an El Alvarez. When you put together a 90-minute performance like that, that's what will be able to allow you to do the luxury to make those substitutions. And I, we just haven't seen that. The Galaxy haven't really comprehensively outplayed anybody this season. No. If you want to, I mean, throw results out the window. When was the last time 90 minutes they have comprehensively outplayed somebody, whether it be against lesser opposition or better opposition? We have not seen that. We need that result, whether it, it, whether it's against you know the worst team in the league, 
right now the best team in the league. So it, you know, now is as good a chance as any. It, it's funny because you look at um, some of the games I think last year that they played the best, quote unquote, the best were in losses, like games against Sporting Kansas City last year, games yeah. against Seattle, Seattle last year. Yeah, where they played the best that they have played, but they lose those games and that can't be the situation I, mm-hmm. I'm with you in, in imposing some will on a, on a team is a, is a good way to go on this. Let's go to 538 and just the chances and where they're sort of leaving, leaving Austin with a chance to win the galaxy with a chance to win a chance of a tie, a 40% chance of Austin to win at home makes sense. They're undefeated at home. They're second in the Western conference. I can sort of see that in, in terms of how it is, but it's not as lopsided as maybe you would expect it with a team that is quote unquote, so good at home. You're only a 7% difference here. Um, so 33% chance for the LA, galaxy to win that game 27 percent chance for a draw i find those odds actually really close this is more of a toss-up whenever you sort of take out the quote-unquote home field advantage that that austin Mm -hmm. has then i think everybody expects it to and maybe maybe it should be with a you know a two versus a three and relatively close in the standings but it's a clash of styles right now with austin very much a throw it all forward and score lots of goals and the la galaxy very much at least right now a defense first team that that's looking for you know, sort of goals on the counter more, more, more than more often than not when they don't play against teams that sit back. This is a team that's going to come after him, Christian. Yeah. This is a chance for the LA Galaxy to very much play that counterattacking role, which I think they do well sometimes. I agree. I agree. They do. They do look very much at their strengths and at their best. Kind of. You know, it's also too. I believe their their home schedule is flattered. Their record, personally, I mean, you know, they beat beat up on FC Cincinnati. They beat up on Miami, putting ten past those two and five in each game and you know to their credit they held S- seattle to a goalless draw but you know wins against minnesota and vancouver um look you only can only play the opponents there in front of you but the schedule has been kind to them so you have to take that with a grain of salt at this point um and, and i think similar to what the galaxy are facing you know this is where the the schedule really heats up for austin right now because not only you know they had to take down the galaxy then they had to play you know Real Salt Lake on the road, LAFC on the road, and then go home to a an Orlando team that you know socked it to LA about a month ago with, with a clean sheet victory on the road. So right. it, it's not going to be easy. I think I think the schedule has been kind to them. It's flattered them. I think now this is where their contender and pretender status will be sorted out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it, it at least starts to be. Um, yeah. you know, and that, by the way, a $2 super chat from, uh, the hammer himself. He says, uh, Cabral brace it's time. Uh, and shout out to Christian miles there as well. So, uh, Eric, uh, I, I'm not talking to him right now because I was in Texas and could have had, you know, dinner with Eric. Oh. Um, but of course Did he, he, big time he, you? he was not there. He was in California. So I'm, I'm done oh. visiting Texas. I tried, I, I tried to do all that stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of sad. Like my, my, my appearance on, on cog. A corner of the galaxy podcast, a two dollar super chat, <laughs> begging for a sugar daddy. Right, that's that's what we, we need. Herb in the in the chat room for sure. That's what that's what always gets the or sugar mama, whoever. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. anybody. we don't we, we don't care. It's not how it goes. Um, anyway, uh, let's uh, for me my predictions. I could very well see the LA Galaxy losing this game. I don't like how it sets up for them just in terms of how they're playing right now. I know I I can be negative. I it just. I know. It's it's what do I expect from this team? I don't know that I expect a full You're realist, Josh Gaston. Yeah, well, I, it, full energy, like a full energy ninety minute performance in that heat for them. And yes, it's going to be something that absolutely plays a part in it. Um, I would like to see Greg Vanny start in a four two three one. I want to see that base thing. I want to see Grand Sir start. Like Does see, Cabral start? I wouldn't. I would start. I would start Grand Sir. Or excuse me, I'd start Grand Sir in place of Cabral. I would let Costa start. Um, 
in the middle again. I don't know. Without Victor Vasquez, I'm not sure I have anything there to really do anything else. I, I don't want Alvarez to start in the middle. I don't like him there. Um, I yeah. think he works better in space, so he has a little bit of space on that right-hand side. I'm probably going to start Alvarez over there on the side. I would like to see a Cabral Grancier start, but I just I don't know that Greg What about Jovalich? No. Um, and I wouldn't start him, and everybody, I don't care. People can hate me for that. Not in this no, game. I'm telling you, the Dallas game is the game where if you want to see the Galaxy do something goofy, they're going to do something goofy. They may start in a 3-5-2 um, against Dallas, like something like that, because I could see them playing three center backs. I could see them I, moving Araujo and, and Edwards in there. You're going to end up dropping guys, though, when you do that. When you move into a 3-5-2, you lose some guys. You have Ruvelison in there. You need to have Delgado in there, so you only have room for a couple of guys mm. outside of that because you're going to put Jovalich in there. He takes somebody's spot, too. Right. All of a sudden things start cascading. So you may have a game where you have Cabral and Costa starting on the bench when the galaxy move into like a three, five, two. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm, 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 I'm surprised we haven't seen it yet. I mean, you know, we, we've friend seen Chris Tucker's put out a really good starting <laughs> graphic and I, I can't recall at the top of my head, but yeah, Chris put out a good graphic and I'm sitting there scratching my head. I'm like, damn, that makes real good sense right, right. now. You know, well, it does. Well, it's hard to argue against it. Yeah. Um, and it, the personnel is there. Yeah. For the Galaxy to play that type of system. And Vanny's talked about it. We haven't seen it from the get-go yet. Right, and no. I, I'm told, could this be the weekend? I mean, don't, against don't. a team like Austin? No. Probably not. Right. That's the thing. It's To me, it's a doubt. No, it's a home game. To do that. It's a home game. It's going to be a home game if he's going to try it for the first time. I'm telling you. It's going to be in a position where they ha- they think they can assert dominance over a team. And I think they can think they can do that at home against Dallas. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so by the way, Mr. Provino says it should be a two, 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 two. He, he probably <laughs> had the right amount of twos in there, but it's too many for me. I'm just going to call it a four, four, two. Um, whenever Who he, says that? It, that was Mr. Provino in the chat room. It was good. It was, I, it. I like it. He, he, he knows that I hate it when people put too many twos into a formation. Like it means something. <laughs> it doesn't. It's a four, four, two. I'm not it's stupid. Like, it's like Ralph Rangnick speak at Manchester United. <laughs> He's like four, two, 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 two. Yeah. We're just going to have twos all the way. What's I mean, a, sorry. That's just a bunch of horse, you know, yeah. what? Uh, How about Koulibaly, Williams, yes. Gasper, yeah. uh, Ravelson, Delgado in the hole, mm-hmm. Araujo at wing back, mm-hmm. Edwards at wing back, mm-hmm. with Vasquez as your 10, and then Chicha and Jovalich. This is, this, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm going to give you full props to, to, to Chris, Chris Tucker yeah. who yeah. put this up on Twitter. And I, I looked at that and I'm like, that's not bad. No, it's not. I, see, here's the thing. I always think Greg will morph into those more aggressive formations, but I always have him starting in maybe a little more conservative side. I'm just waiting for him to start one game, though, where he's yeah. going to be like, no, we're worth changing. Who can they throw off by really doing that? And I think that's where he's going to. G- um, Gasper's not starting. Let's just get that. Yeah, out. yeah. <laughs> that's um, the, only, the only bone I would have to pick with, with Tugger. But he, yeah, Gasper's not going to get the start, obviously. Gasper, um, yeah. um, by the way, somebody asked, uh, Gasper is available for selection this weekend. Um, he right. did train with the LA Galaxy today. He arrived at 1 a.m. and trained with the LA Galaxy today. I don't know if I said that. I know I told you beforehand, but I can't remember if I said it on the show. So, um, by the way, now we're getting how about the 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1 1. See, we can, we can keep playing this game. What's a 2 2? One less than a 3 3. Um, there's another good dad joke for you. Uh, so, anyway, so. The 1 9 1. Exactly, right? Put everybody forward. Sometimes uh, it'll work. Um, so, hey, anyway. I think Steve Sampson tried that. He could have. He very well could have. All right. Uh, your predictions? You think the Galaxy are, are in a better shape? I said they could lose. I say score draw. Okay. So I, I mean, when I say score draw, I, I, I don't put any numbers on it. There will be there could be goals in this game. The Galaxy. I think I think they awaken from their slumber. I think I really think this is the game where we see a major shakeup in the approach and in the tactics from, from 
you know, the maestro Greg Vanny, and and I think it's the time. I think it's the time of the season where we need it too. Something needs to be freshened up, but also too, this is an Austin team that will get their goals too. I, I think the XG for the LA Galaxy in this game goes over two. That's so. I agree with you. Yeah. I think I think that they have a chance at some goals in this game. I think there's going to be space to play. Um, yeah. And I think they're going to be forced to play quicker, which is what Greg wants anyway. So I keep um, I keep rotating this because I want Larry, who's been so critical of my backdrop, <laughs> to understand that I've I've been trying to spruce up you've my guest. You've been working on it. Here. Slash insane asylum. Yeah. No, I think you've been doing a good job. I'm we trying. Did. There's there's a bed for me when I when I get tired. <laughs> I need to break. <laughs> from, from the podcast, you can just lay yeah. down. Okay, I understand. You can catch my galaxy wind, you know, after dorking out on the computer for so long. So there you go. I, Slowly, slowly coming together. All right, very good. All right, hey, um, I think that about does it. I just want to tell everybody again, uh, game coming up on Sunday. So uh, make sure that your your all your all the moms out there have given you permission to watch the game. Um, do all your chores. Make make sure she's happy. And hey, maybe you're lucky and you have one. Oh, of those. It's on Sunday. Yeah, it's a Sunday game. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's it is right in mom time there. So I knew um, that. So I hope everybody uh, everybody gets permission. By the way, so I, I said this in our Discord, and I got a, a couple of the ladies responded. I can't wait to go to the game. You know, the whole day. I'm like, or I can't wait yeah. to watch the game. And I'm like, absolutely. But that's I've seen my demographics, and we're like 97 male. So for the most part, <laughs> it's it's the guys wanting to do it. So uh, by the way, Aaron would like one last time before we go for you to say Kulabali's last name. No, and only Aaron, the way that you could say on, it. Stop it, <laughs> Aaron. I love it. Funny. All right. All right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get on out of here. Christian, uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you, and then we'll we'll go. Um, you can find me at C-Mile Sports on Twitter. You can find me um, streaming rugby from Glendale, Colorado, this weekend on Saturday. Um, and also you can find me at well, LAGalaxy.com, calling games, and Sirius XM 157 um, for all Galaxy home games on radio when I'm Joe Titino Stuntman. There you go. Very good. Well, we always appreciate you stopping by. So thanks for that. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll upload that media call that happened today. All right. Good. Glad everybody had a, uh, a wonderful time. I'm glad I got here in time to have a live show at 8. So we made it happen. We made it work. We'll be back on Monday. Galaxy Play Austin on Sunday. Busy week next week as well. All right. For Mr. Christian Miles, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening, you've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.